This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Jose Avila. He is a 17-year-old that doesn't want to go to college and he wants to start his own business. For your chance to win 100 bucks, just like Jose, every Monday morning, simply subscribe to this podcast on iTunes right now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Top Tribe, this is episode 396. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from John Lee. He is the CEO of Prosper Works. They have 40,000 paying customers and they had just announced a new funding round adding to $10 million they've already raised. Top it, Tribe, what is happening? Our guest today is Kevin Davis. After a bad experience with Geek Squad, he started Geekitu to help people find quality techs in their neighborhood. Six years later, Geekitu was acquired by their largest competitor, Hello Tech. Besides work, Kevin is a lifelong musician and plays live electronica in LA under the name Cinematronica. Kevin, are you ready to take us to the top? Uh, totally. Let's do this, man. <laughs> oh, musician, tech guy, geek, I love this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, geek and, and music and it all goes together. So. Oh, yeah, man. You, you have a big advantage. It kind of, you know, you're backstage after a gig and you, the ladies think you got no brains and you start talking tech and they go, sold, baby. I'm in. Done. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tell us about Geekitu. And we're going to build up, guys, to the story. They actually just sold uh, to their competitor, Hello Tech, about a month ago, which is currently July 2016. We're going to build to that, though. So, Kevin, tell us why you started Geekitu. Yeah, sure. So um, I had a pretty bad experience with Geek Squad, as, as you said before, um, where they just kept my laptop for about a month and a half. And, you know, just the natural thought was, well, we have all these smart people that can help with computers in our local area. So why don't we just send them directly? And so that was kind of the initial thought behind it, where uh, we wanted to go out and kind of be like an Uber for tech support. Although sometimes I hate those like kind of comparisons, <laughs> comparisons but exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we started to do that for a couple of years. We were more of a bidding site. And then we changed up to uh, fixed price after we learned a lot of lessons about what we were selling, what the, the customer wanted and, and kind of uh, what the best way was to, to move forward. And then once we moved to that fixed price offering, I think we really started to take off. And one of the big things that we did early was um, we had a ton of people that were telling us, uh, you know, if you do a marketplace, you have to open up in one market and then build that up and then go to the next one. And we kind of just said, F that, let's try to do something where we can do it nationwide and, uh, you know, build the supply as the demand comes in. And the nice thing about that was, uh, you know, as we try to look for cheap ways to get customers, if you're running nationwide ads on Google instead of just targeting San Francisco or L.A. or somewhere, um, it's it cheaper. starts to become easier to get customers. So so that's kind of where we started. And, well, and why is it easier, was, Kevin? Is because the ads are cheaper? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you're trying to do it in a major metro um, and you're competing in San Francisco for like computer repair keywords, I mean, those are going to be incredibly expensive. And so if you can just go to Google and, and start 
um, you know, raising the the keyword price just a little bit at a time, you start getting maybe some of the less competitive areas, but people that are still willing to pay the same amount. And the nice thing that Geek Squad did was they proved the market out and made it kind of like a you know standard price across the country. So even if it was in a smaller town, it was the same amount of revenue coming in. And that's kind of how we built it out initially. Um, and then just uh, kind of took it nationwide where now we have over 7,000 providers nationwide. Okay. And you do consider this a marketplace. It's a marketplace pricing model. So, yeah, um, I do have kind of a, a personal thing about the word marketplace where I, I consider us more as a platform. I would describe kind of the Airbnb where you get to select a provider. You see star ratings, um, kind of, you know, that process is more of a marketplace. We're more of a platform where somebody comes in, they just say what their problem is, and we pick the provider. We kind of take care of everything else. Just kind of like, I guess Uber would be something like more of a platform than a marketplace because they kind of, you know, take care of everything and you're not selecting the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I consider us more of a platform than a marketplace but it's just nomenclature really. So. And you founded it in 2000, uh, sorry, 2010? <laughs> yes, exactly. And what was first year revenue? Uh, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's always embarrassing. What was it? No, no, no. I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm exaggerating when I say literally nothing. I, I would consider that, you know, when we first got actual customers uh, was about 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so our first year revenue for that was probably about 20,000. Um, but then we quickly grew from, you know, 60 to 130. And then um, at the time of, of when we got acquired, we were doing about 275 uh, to about 300. So, a month um, or annually? Uh, a month, actually. 275,000 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, let's go back a second. You said between 2010, 2013, you didn't really do any revenue, any revenue until you did 20 grand. Is that per month in 2013? Oh, no, that was the total. So, I mean, the the, the very short story is just, it took us a year and a couple months to get the the product out, which was way too long. Um, If I could tell my 20-year-old self, uh, you know, just don't try to build a perfect system, try to get something out early, quick, use lean methodology, get customers to see it, and then try to iterate outwards. Um, But, you know, we took, you know, like I said, a year and a couple months just to get a product out. And then we were this kind of bidding model where, um, you know, we had a decent amount of people come in and try to sign up, but almost none of them would actually convert to selecting a, a geek. They just kind of move on to the next result on Google. So, Interesting. I mean, literally, <laughs> how old were Kevin? How old were you in 2010? Uh, 2010. Uh, I was 20, uh, 28. 27. So, so how did my question was going to be, how did you support yourself for those three years where no revenue was coming in? Had you saved a bunch of money or something or what? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I had a, my, my dad actually had passed away before uh, a couple of years before where I, I didn't have a lot of money, but I have, I had enough that if I moved back home, um, you know, uh, it, it wasn't easy, uh, trying to date, for example, uh, just, just doing that with, uh, no job. And, and I had relatives saying, you know, get a real job. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I had something where at least for about six months that I could do something that just focus on, on coding the site. Um, I got my co-founder in, but yeah, I mean, um, it was, we didn't have a lot of money. My co-founder had a little bit more, so at least, uh, he could help in terms of just bare bones, uh, bootstrapping in that way. But, you know, the thing about 2010 was that, you know, the, the amount of, of, you know, <laughs> work that it took to get something off. And, and, uh, I feel like now that with, um, not just AWS, but, you know, there's so many different platforms that can kind of make your life a lot easier when you're trying to bootstrap a launch. Um, and top I, tribe I, AWS is Amazon web services. It's a hosting provider just for playing. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and yes, we were AWS as well. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it just, but even just beyond that, it's like, there's so many now that makes uh, life so much easier that if we had done it again, you know, the same exact site, it probably would have taken us two to three months to launch. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing from you is a lot of your revenue, especially when you sold 225 grand per month, this is more like a SaaS 
model or or is it really a marketplace you're taking some percentage from the supplier per job or something like that yeah exactly so we take a percentage um you know for for every job that comes through um i think also that the key kind of you know we started out as a direct consumer in-home computer repair uh, TV mounting computer, um, TV mounting a company. And then, um, we switched to something that was more about instead of solving kind of the, the end users problem, we started trying to solve these large, uh, whether it's smart home manufacturers or computer companies, um, real estate companies, really, there's a whole lot of verticals where they have a ton of customers that if we can be that last mile installation option for them, it's going to make their lives incredibly easy. Uh, so, so once we did that kind of switch and we created an API for it, um, and we started to sign up some uh, a decent amount of partners, I think that's when we really start to, started to see um, not just a product market fit, but a, a, a way to acquire customers um, at scale for, for very little cost. So what percentage you said it, when you sold about a month ago, you did about 275 grand like in the month in terms of MRR. How much of that, because I see on your site, are people actually paying these plans, right? You have home plans and business plans, green, gold, platinum, et cetera, yeah. versus paying per project or per fix. Yeah. So, um, it's about 20%. Uh, you know, in, in the beginning when we launched, um, it was about 8%. Um, it's, it's definitely growing. The tricky thing about it too, is that when you have three different tiers of plans, plus we have, you know, a, a sheer, just a lot of, uh, of individual one-off services, it's tricky to try to just explain all that without just kind of throwing it all up on the customer when they, they call you on the phone. Oh, so, yeah, it's a ton. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you want to keep it simple. And so we've tried to get better in terms of how to explain to the customer that really, you know, you don't want just this one-time fix for something. It helps that you're part of a plan that in case something happens in the future or you buy a new product or you just want to learn something – that you're covered and, and, and part of that. And so once we kind of explain the benefits of that, um, I think that's that's where they really convert over the one-off transactions. So, um, but, but directly, you know, it's, it's about 20% and growing in terms of the percentage of, of people that would be uh, signing up for support plans. So 20% of the 225 grand per month are people paying on a support plan. Exactly. The rest are one-time sales. Exactly. And the onboarding is kind of like people start using you on a one-time project. You blow them away service-wise and sign them up for an annual, you know, a, a monthly recurring plan. Yeah, and a decent amount actually just do it straight off the top because they think that, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to pay this amount, you know, if it's like 79 or 99 for, for one-time fix. But if I do the green plan or gold plan, um, you know, I get more visits per year, unlimited remote support, um, and it's just a better deal. So we get both pre-conversion and post. That's great. So over the six years you've been doing this, how many total customers have you served? Uh, it's I, This is a not exact number, but I know that we started it with a ticket number at 10,000 and uh -huh. thousand or like 55. So um, something about in the realm of 40,000 customers during that time. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, very cool. So 40,000 and self-funded or did you raise capital? Uh, we raised capital. So a total of about 2.7 million from, uh, you know, like Eric Rees, uh, 500 startups, Dave McClure. Was that all on convertible notes or did you ever do an equity round? Uh, just convertible notes. Convertible. Interesting. Wow, that's a lot on just convertible notes. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. what, what if you roll all this up, just so we can get a sense of, of size, what was total 2015 revenue? Uh, 2015 revenue. I don't have that number offhand. Uh, there was a decent amount of, of growth. And then what's a range, uh, yeah. you know, like a general a range. range. Um, my guess is, is between, uh, three and four, probably closer to four. Yeah. And how much, so if you do three or 4 million top line, how much of that flows through? What are your biggest costs? Uh, well, you know, it's, it that number gets immediately discounted because that's just kind of the, the money that we're processing. So then it's, you know, the, the 20 to 35% uh, average, about 30% of the, um, the take that we get per job. Uh, 
And then Gross after that, it's, net. Uh, so uh, imagine like a $99 job yep. will pay out 70 to the provider, keep 29, but then there's a, you know, some small costs that go into that. Um, so, but the biggest, uh, cost in terms of besides provider payout. Um, you know, we have our own uh, outsourced uh, uh, Philippine center that we built. It wasn't like kind of going through a outsourced company. We Those are people actually that are employees. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a relatively larger cost, but allows us to scale, allows us to do um, remote support extremely cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- those are kind of the, the primary cost drivers. And well, after that, it's, it's uh, just like tiny little charges here and there. Yeah. Or marketing expenses, things like that. What is- yeah, yeah, definitely market. I mean, we're spending a lot on, or we were spending a lot on uh, AdWords. Uh, but the nice thing is that the money that we're putting in, we're actually getting more uh, coming out. So in that kind of one little realm, it was somewhat profitable. So I want to go back to that in a second, but first, so a hundred dollar project, seventy goes to the provider. How much goes to your bottom EBITDA net kind of net profit? I uh, I I don't want to go into too much detail in terms of like exactly what our, our take from that was. Um but but I can tell you exactly as you said, it's just a hundred, you know, would be the, the gross uh seventy would be the provider payout. Yep. Um Well, well let me know, ask you a different question. Yeah, I mean you sure. guys raise a bunch of capital, so it's totally reasonable for you guys to actually be losing money every month as you're investing in growth. Were you losing money each month? Yeah. Um, so we were losing money as a company, uh, definitely, especially when we made some of that um, investment in, in having the overseas center, which, you know, we as a, a per agent basis, we were doing pretty well. But, you know, there's uh, a lot of uh, extra overhead costs. But, you know, one thing that we really wanted to focus on was trying to get at least positive unit economics. I feel that's that's kind of a, an ethos that gets lost a lot um, in, in companies in Silicon Valley, where just, you know, grow is kind of like the number one thing without kind of coming up with some sort of positive unit economics. Um, I think we did achieve that where if you look at the amount of transactions and, and on a per transaction, what that cost was, mm-hmm. um, we're definitely in the positive, but you know, if we had kind of scaled that out to, you know, like 500 K or a million per month, for example, um, I think we had some very good early indicators that, um, you know, we would have been uh, profitable at that point. Uh, so, so we, there definitely was a focus to, not try to just grow at the cost of not having a workable business model that actually had profit. Um, but it's just a matter of, of we were trying to get to the volume that that would um, you know dictate that. So what is the if you just look at pure unit economics, what was the average kind of project value? Just top line. Was it 100 bucks? No. So um, it's a little closer to 130. Okay. Um, we had TV mountings that that pulled the the, the average um, above, and then you had people that added uh, multiple services on a job. So, you know, average cart um, would be about, you know, in the 130 range with okay. about, you know, 1.2 services. And what would it cost you to acquire that $130 customer? Ah, uh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I can give you a, a blended. Where, yeah, yeah, blended's y- fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's hard to answer. Because, so the blended answer for that is, you know, at, at our best, we were doing it for about 20 to 30 bucks. There yep. were some cases where it, it was a little bit uh, larger, but um, the, the difference is that the, the partnerships were zero cost. And that's really why we started to go in that direction. So instead of, you know, for that blended cost, that's us going out on AdWords, you know, creating all these campaigns, trying to get people to come in. Um, Geek Squad, you know, keywords were great. Other keywords um, as well. But when we went straight to the source, went to these hardware companies where they would refer jobs to us, we would be, um, you know, reducing the friction for them to have their customers install their products, uh, more five-star reviews, less returns, they would, you know, since we're solving their problems, they just send us a bunch of customers. And so once, mm. once we saw that, that's why I mean, like I can give you a blended number, but it doesn't really give the story of like, you know, the partnership was just 
large volume, zero, uh, you know, cost per acquisition. And that's the direction in which we started to grow. And that's kind of right before we got acquired. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. What, why did the, uh, t- tell me what, why'd you do it? Why'd you, why'd you, it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I would say the main reason is, uh, you know, Richard and HelloTech, um, they come from an uh, amazing pedigree. Um, they're, you know, Richard and his co-founders, they, I think they've done a couple companies. Uh, Richard has three successful exits. Um, very, you know, uh, I think he's from Excel as well, um, VC. So, um, they started up last year and, uh, because of that pedigree, they were able to raise just like 17 million almost right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they were only in a kind of like half of LA where we had this nationwide network. Um, but because they had that pedigree, it would help going after these uh, larger companies. And so, you know, we started, uh, you know, talking in January about, you know, how that would work out. And then, um, you know, until, like I said, about a, I think a month or two ago now, um, when it all went down. But um, the nice thing about it was just, we are both fighting after the same partners, hardware companies. And after the merger, and we did kind of a, a PR push for it. We had so many of those partners come back to us just kind of proactively from their side um, saying, now that you guys figured it out, now we want to kind of, you know, move forward, work together. And so we've just had our hands full now. Um, so I think that really was kind of the hypothesis going to the merger is that consolidate the market, provide just that one uh, option for people that want that nationwide uh, last mile installation that's very highly technical providers um, and instead of, you know, these two companies duking it out, it was just merged into one and make it easier for people to choose. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask a question. Do people like 500 startups, folks that were on your cap table at, uh, at Geeka2, do they exit or are they now on the HelloTech cap table? They're on the HelloTech cap table. Got it. Got it. Got it. So perfect. So there wasn't necessarily like an exit here where investors were paid back or you necessarily made money, but now it's all big one company and it's a bigger pie. Yeah, there was no like a champagne party and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, us going to Vegas. No, yeah, but, it's, it's the pie game though. Bigger pie is best for everyone. No, exactly. And and I I would say that you know our duty to to maximize our shareholder value. I think that uh, I, I it is in very good hands now. Um, and obviously, there's not a lot that I can say in terms of the specific partnerships, but. I'm super excited for, you know, the next six to 12 months in terms of the the partners that are reaching out to us, the scale of those partners um, where, you know, it just makes it easier. And so anybody that was a, a shareholder in Geeka2, um, you know, for Helotech moving forward, I, I'm, I'm excited for, for all our shares. That's great. That's really great. Well, hey, Kevin, if people want to follow your journey online as you build now Helotech, uh, uh, Geeka2 is obviously on part of that. Where can they follow you personally online? <laughs> Yeah, you know that's that's a good question. I try to, you know, it's it's a little bit in flux in terms of uh, moving between all my Geek2 kind of emails, and I was basically the main one doing the ad Geek2 Twitter. Uh, so probably that I'm I'm still kind of the the primary person on that, or just you know Kevin at Hello Tech now is a great way. I'm, and I'm super passionate about helping people in terms of if if you know people out there have issues in terms of uh, you know how to bootstrap or get to the you know uh, I, I just don't want people to go out and reinvent the wheel. And I know that I had issues before 500 startups to try to figure out, you know, what was the best way to put a pitch deck together, AngelList yeah. or anything. So I'd love to be resourced in that. So basically Kevin at HelloTech or just, you know, um, I guess the ad Geek2 is the best way to, to, to tweet to me. 
Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Heyo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Heyo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts, and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Top Tribe, we'll link to that in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top 396. Again, forward slash the top 396. All right, Kevin, it's time to wrap up with the section I like to call the Famous Five. Are you ready? <laughs> sure. All right, number one, man. What's your favorite business book? Uh, my favorite business book is not going to be a traditional answer. It's going to be uh, Jason Calacanis' uh, podcast. Um, I, I swear he's my MBA professor. So um, <laughs> there are books that I've read that I just didn't get that same kind of, uh, you know, when you hear, 50 different founders go to the same thing that by far was just life-changing for me so i know it's not a great answer to that but that's that's that's, that's great answer. it's not a typical one that's a good one number two okay. is, there, is there a ceo you're following or studying right now um not really i i think for me i try to keep tabs on uh you know like task rabbit and uh some of the similar marketplaces uh dog vacay um just kind of as they try to solve those same challenges from disintermediation and everything so that's those are kind of ones that are on my list number three is their favorite online tool you have like hostgator I, uh, I'm because of the partnerships, I'm going to have to be partial to, uh, get base, uh, base is the CRM that I use for, uh, kind of, uh, managing deal flow and everything like that. And it's just has been incredibly helpful for me, uh, uh moving forward. So, so base for, for partnerships, it's called getbase.com. Uh, it bases the software and then you can go to getbase.com to, to get it. sign up. Awesome. All right. Number four, as you're building kind of this business, you're still in startup mode. Yes or no? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? You know what? I am. Uh, I'm a, a huge proponent of being efficient. I know that some of my my uh, you know colleagues are working you know 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day. Um, I'm trying to just make sure that I, I do that work life balance between eight and nine hours a day, and and so I'm really trying to get you know a full eight hours of sleep. And so I just make sure that during, in a given day, how efficient can I be? And and uh, anything after that, I'm just not. I'm spinning the wheels. So, so I actually am getting that. And how old are you now? 
Uh, I'm 34. 34. And wh- what situation? Married, single, you have kids? Uh, I'm uh, single, yeah. I, I, I'm, oh, there's uh, a story I, there. There's yeah. a story there. Exactly. No, I, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm just not married. That's all. So I have yeah. a wonderful, lovely girlfriend. Uh, yeah. So Awesome. No kids? Uh, no kids. So good. So eight hours, a little easier, huh? Yeah, exactly. All right. So last question, Kevin. And you mentioned, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but take us back 14 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Yeah, basically just uh, make sure that when you do something, you try to just get to the, in terms of startups, getting it out as soon as possible. I wasted so much time like debating on whether to choose Rails or, you know, Java or like all this stuff. It does not matter. I mean, you can do a a startup on an email list or write it in Cobalt for like, you know, anybody cares. Just get it out. Try to get something. Obviously, it's not just, you know, a complete piece of crap, but something where you can get customers early starting to iterate and if we had listened to that it wouldn't have taken a year and a half for me to you know get that first product out we could have done three months and i could have solved some of these challenges earlier top tribe there you have it get your stuff out quick so you can edit and iterate from kevin who took his business from again in 2010 six years later 2016 did over three point or th- between three and four million bucks in rep top line revenue in 2015 just merged with hello tech who's raised they've raised 17 million bucks kevin's raised three million servicing well over forty thousand individual unique customers through Geeka2. Kevin, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed Kevin today, go back and listen to Byron Walker of survivalfrog.com. He did 4.7 million in 2015 with 25% gross margins and 10% net margins. And he just inked a major deal with the Discovery Channel for a reality show. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars. And I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Folks, breaking news. We have added two capuchin monkeys that can sit at a computer, type an email, and close a deal live on stage at the greatest business show on earth coming to Austin, Texas, October 6th. Brought to you by yours truly. We are almost sold out. So many people buying like Blake Allen, who is the CEO of AppLink, Timothy Delaforce, who works at the Work Lodge, and he's XHP, and hundreds of other people. It's going to be a show like you've never seen before. The greatest business show on earth go get your tickets at nathanlatka.com forward slash austin live before they sell out nathanlatka.com forward slash austin live to see these unbelievable two capuchin monkeys billionaires battle on stage startups go from bootstrap to billions live and much more nathanlatka.com forward slash austin live to get your tickets now okay top tribe i'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning and don't forget Before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win a hundred bucks every Monday.